This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is... Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another show for another episode of our TGT podcast. A weekly show which I'm joined by a couple of guests to talk about the week's events in the world of Arsenal. And I've got a bit of a treat for you today because I'm joined by the men, the myths, the legends of the <laughs> Arsenal Lounge podcast who are now going to embarrass themselves massively over the course of the next 60 minutes. First of all, it's Shaheen. How you doing, mate? Are you well? I'm very good, very good. Thank you for having us over. Um, me and Lev, we've been doing this for a while, and this is actually the first time we're appearing on a on a different channel. So it's nice to um, <laughs> not not worry about the intro and the comments and this and that. Just sit back and enjoy the show. Thank you very much for inviting us over, man. Much no appreciated. No problem at all. No problem at all. It's why I join you guys because it means I don't have to press the buttons for an hour, which is also nice. Uh, yeah. Lev, absolute pleasure to have you on, mate. Uh, ha- Pleasure to be here, mate. Uh, thanks for having us. I don't know about embarrassing ourselves. Have I signed up for something I don't know about, mate? <laughs> you wait. We got. I mean, when we get to those user questions a little bit later on, they can get a little bit tricky. So we'll see oh. how you uh, see how you get through them. If uh, if the chat box want to try and oh. trip you up at any all point, good, so. mate. All good. I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to it. See what all this TGT malarkey is all about. Let's do yeah, it. Yeah, I mean they're a, they're a crazy bunch, is what they are. I don't know if you find this, but for some reason YouTube has not been sending out notifications for for our subs whatsoever. Have you found this issue as well? Shane, have you yeah. noticed this? Yeah, I think we did a show um, as well last time that I think we picked up on this issue as well. We discussed it with Lev, and um, sometimes YouTube decide these things without telling anyone anything, and you just have to get on with it. My experience yeah. of dealing I with s- YouTube. I say it because I had someone DM me after we did the show the other day saying I'm subscribed to the Arsenal Lounge and I never got the notification. But I caught up on it and said it was great. And then I had a few people message me the other day saying that they didn't get the notification from us either. So it's strange. But if you are tuning in, we hope you've made it. If you are live, yeah. congratulations. You're one of the few lucky ones that got a notification maybe. And uh, and we hope that we can talk about a lot of Arsenal stuff over the course of the next hour. It is the international break, which means there isn't no specific game to build upon the Manchester City defeat. But thankfully, as is with the world of Arsenal, there is a lot to talk about still as our club likes to throw up a couple of gems here and there. And we're going to start, of course, where there is only one place to start. And that is with uh, the close of the transfer window and specifically 
Edu's message and interviews to the fan base. We're going to go into a couple of the details of it, but just to get the overriding and, and vague view of things uh, and broad view of things. Shahin, what did you make just of the whole kind of process of what Edu said on the whole? Um, well, Tom, just before we start talking about it, there's two things I'd, I'd like to say. One is um, I want to send out our thoughts and prayer to Sarah Harding, who, who passed away. Mm. Uh, it was very, very sad and she was very young, so our thoughts and prayers to her family and friends. Absolutely. The other thing is, Harry Simu, if you're watching this show, <laughs> right? If you're watching this show, right? See, we're calling you out now live, and the invite needs to come. So, you know, it's it's official now. You know, I mean, for those that don't know... For those that don't know, I saw Lev look there very confused all of a sudden. I'm still getting over yesterday's festival, but like I'm, I'm catching up on it now. I know what he's talking about. Don't worry. And if, if you're so, unaware of that, to, chat, Harry likes to put these pictures up, doesn't he? Shannon? I know. The, the amazing food that he creates. He, he just keeps him to himself. He's selfish is what he is. Yeah, we still haven't got an invite. Um, but Tom, you know what? I haven't watched Edward's interview. What? And I'll tell you why. Because I, I didn't think that he's going to say anything that would ease the pain for me, if you like. Um, and, and from what I've seen so far in social media, I was right. Because apparently he's come out with things like there is no target for the season. There is no, it's, it's almost like it's a free shot. So I didn't really watch it because of that. In terms of the transfer window, what they've done is obviously they've decided to go for young players. I'm a bit disappointed because I would have thought you would sign a couple of players that, that would be for here and now. If you're going down that route, you need to have a here and now kind of player. Um, but they've gone for this young uh, young players, this foundation that apparently has been talking about. Let's build on it. And my concern is that we're so far behind right? that this idea of, okay, let's build on it, build on it it's a little bit too late you, you would have said let's build on it if you're finishing on sixth and you will sign mm. a couple of young players and maybe a couple of experienced players and you go from you finish eighth no european football and the caliber of players they've signed as i said it's more or less like for the future none of them is for here and now so i didn't watch his interview because I, as i said to you i didn't think he's going to say anything that would that would be like oh i, I can see why they've done that now that's that's my thought process on it. I mean, through the magic of of streaming, uh, Shane, we can bring you some immediate quotes to react to it a bit. Before we do that, though, Lev, I'm assuming have you watched the, the listen to? It, yeah, there of we go. I've <laughs> right, I, I, I'm one of them idiots that just get sucked into all of it. Do you know what I mean? Me too. Uh, look, I, I listened to it. There was a lot of chat about foundations. And, and and it sounded like a, a Mac advert, you know, for makeup. We were talking about foundations for so long, but all he mentioned was foundations, time, foundations. You haven't seen my team yet. I want to see the team again, and then we can look at it. It was just, you know, I, I'm for me. I tell you what, it's smacked off, Tom. It's smacked off like uh, an attempt to try and appease the fans in a way that we've been questioning. You know, the the disconnect between. Like the, the club and the fans in general, and the communication, we we just confused as to what they're actually doing. A lot of it mm. just doesn't make any sense, right? 
Um, we mentioned the Villa, the Villa approach a few times on our shows. You was on that as well. We discussed that. I think they've looked at that. They've listened. He's obviously got a little bit of abuse from the fans and the crowd. They've decided to try and appease us, sit down with some sort of marketing, sort of media spin. Um, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? It's just, I want to get, I, I want to be endeared towards him, but he, do, I just don't, I don't feel it when I listen to him. I, I just feel like he's just going through the motions for me. I mean, you what tell me he, what you think. Well, I was going to ask you what would he have to say to romanticise your Arsenal needs? Uh, listen, well, uh, well I'll, I'll answer very quickly what well, I would think, if that's all right. I, I, look, personally, he's talked about bringing in backups, but I, I think the focus on improving the team here and now, I, even with the team fully back, I still would say the midfield may need a bit more than... You know, Lokonga's a bit of a backup still. So we needed someone better yeah. than a Xhaka, for example, in my opinion, or, you know, an upgrade on an Elneny, someone like a Basuma. You could have gone and got a, a much stronger centre-back. I don't think, you know, we've got anyone who's dominant aerially enough yet. Um, you could have gone and got another striker, maybe, but you could have had a few more ready for now, in my opinion. I would okay. have been happier then. Yeah. Look, uh, for me, I, I would have liked a bit, an interview, Tom, right? You, you're, you're a journalist, right? Mm. I would have liked to see an interview where he would make me feel a little bit closer to the club. Not that you sit down and you give a, a, a pre-arranged answers to pre-arranged questions. And there is no, with no real clarity, okay? So we finished eighth. You, you lot gone and signed all of these young players. Okay, great, for the future. What about now? What about if Mikel Arteta loses the next two games? You know, what about that? You know, what's your thoughts, Edu, as a director of, uh, of football, of the current year? We all know it's bad. We all know we haven't scored the goal. We all know he's disappointed. What are you doing about it? I've always said this in the shows that we've done previously together. I always want to know where is this line? That if the line gets crossed, mm. they will look at the manager's position. From what I've seen in social media and people's reaction on it, none of that has been addressed. And it's more or less like, okay, Mikel, you know, you know, we're going to wait till everybody's fit and then hopefully, you know, you get it together and then we're going to see results on, on that. And I, I wanted to see an, an interview similar to the director um, of Aston Villa, very sincere, very, very open, very honest, very simple. And then, and unfortunately, we don't do that at Arsenal. Yeah, Tom, uh, very quickly, mate, it just seems like we're always being asked to wait a little bit longer. There's always some other reason why we should wait. Do you see, that's that's the problem we're having with the fans right now. We were told to wait, to, you know, when we settled into the Emirates after the move, wait to recoup that money, or then it was going to be self-sustaining, then wait to do this, then wait to do that, and then, you know, wait to get excited. And how, how many, how much more are we going to have to wait? To You know, I'm not saying that Edu's... It's hard for us to judge Edu's performance until we wait to see if some of these players you know, develop and, and do become the players, you know, that they're suggesting they might be. I mean, Lukonga's a great player, don't get me wrong. I think he's brilliant. He's going to get more game time than we expect. But I still would have preferred an upgrade on Xhaka if you catch my drift, right? Mm. But we're just always being told to wait. When we needed four players, we always got two. When we need six, we get four. Now it's, oh, we need the backups and then we'll look at it again. I don't know. It's just waiting, isn't it? That's what we're always told. I, I, I'm, I'm going to come at it from kind of a different perspective just to provide some balance. Mm. I, 
for me, and I did a I did a phone in show about two hours ago, trying to get people on the show that are very much Edu out at the moment, and that they they think he's he should go, and that we should replace him, because I'm not there yet. I'm still very much on the fence. I wouldn't say that I'm saying that he's necessarily doing a great job. I wouldn't mm. necessarily say he's doing a, a job in which I would say he needs to go, because from my point of view. What Edu is doing at the moment, regardless of what he's saying in interviews, which to be honest, I couldn't care less what he says. It's about what he does at the end of the day for me. It's about how he changes things at the club. I feel like Arsenal has been run so poorly over the last 10 years prior to Edu arriving. Decisions in the transfer market, um, decisions in how we've sold players, decisions in team selection more recently with Arteta and, and Unai Emery. When you think back to the, the way in which we use players like Lucas Torreira under Unai Emery and more recently under even the, as latest the Manchester City with Verdegar going at number six and stuff like this. Edu, when he came in in 2019, was obviously there with Raul Sanyehi. So I kind of write off that first summer. I don't really look at that as Edu's summer. I look at that very much as Raul's kind of thinking. Raul leaves in 2020. And Edu has kind of that reign over what we're going to do in the summer. We needed a centre-back, and so we bring in Gabriel Magalhaes. We needed a centre-midfielder. We bring in Thomas Partey. We move through to January, and it's very clear that we need an attacking midfielder. So we loan Martin Erdegaard. We need a backup keeper, so we bring in Matt Ryan. You fast-forward to the summer of 2021, and one of the things that Arsenal have done horrifically is spend a lot of money on players that you don't really get much for when they go. We've seen Socrates leave, Mustafi leave, Ozil leave paying off their contracts. We're probably going to see the same situation up with Kalasnac, who was obviously brought in under a previous regime as well. And this summer, they've gone down the strategy of bringing in young guys, 23 and under, all the six signings we made have been. And I like the signings that we've made. I think Lukonga's a really good signing. I think that we, I think that the signing of Ben White, ironically, showed the actual need to bring in someone at, at centre-back. We can talk about the Saliba thing separately, which is definitely something that goes against Edu, and I'm not going to say it doesn't. Um, I think that Erdogan is a great signing for me. I liked what he did in those six months. In the six months, I didn't think you saw the best from Erdogan, but it was still good, and I think there's a lot more to come from him. And Tommy Asu looks like a really good buy, as I think Aaron Ramsdale will prove to be in the long run too. I think where we missed the trick this summer is that the key area of central midfields, where we didn't add that upgrade on the central midfield position, and instead we made an error by extending Granite Jacker's contract instead, or just by not bringing a centre You could still extend him and bring in someone on top of that, in my view, and we chose not to do that. I think maybe Lakonga's form and how good he's shown to be may have affected their decision-making process. And the fact that we could have maybe gone for a striker, but you've got Lacazette and Abame in there and neither of them are going. So how, how I don't know how you would bring in a striker with those two still staying. The, the problems with the club, I just don't look at Edu. Like I think that Edu's bringing in a very decent, very good squad, actually, that's been made available to Mikel Arteta. I don't think Mikel Arteta is getting the best from it. I don't think he's choosing the right players in the right positions. And I don't think that when you go even higher... The decision-making at an executive level is obviously the, the, what's supposed to be the vision of the ownership, which is non-existent because their footballing knowledge is just not there. And Edu is just kind of... I think Edu's doing the basics right now quite well, which is something that we've lacked. And if you look at all the problems at the club right now, I, I just struggle to point towards Edu as kind of the key factor to remove, if you know what I mean. No, Either that, of you feel free to come back. No, no, that, this you is, go first, is a very, very fair and good point, Tom. You know, and I, and I agree with you on some of them, especially the fact that Mikel Arteta is not getting the best out of the squad that he's got. We agree on that one. Um, mm. What we need to remember is Edu is Mikel Arteta's superior. 
Okay, so he, he's 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 the director of football, and the criticism I have of him in this transfer window is if if they went out there and they bought a Basuma type player mm. for that central, I would have felt a lot more comfortable because you know Lokonga is not somebody that will come in and transfer one midfield. A party and Basuma combination would have I would have felt very very comfortable with that. Um, ben White is a lot of money has been spent on him. You know, Saul Campbell famously said that he doesn't get a honeymoon period. He needs to hit the ground running straight away. And I agree with that. Um, what, one thing with Edu is that they, they they told us we're going to put structures in place to stop players running down their contracts. And we still seen that happening. And that's a lot of money that has been spent on these guys. For example, Lacazette is going to walk away for free. Okay. Mm. I know it's difficult. I know it's, it's not an easy transfer window, but those guys who get in paid very, very good money to do a good job, I expect them to make those sort of decisions in the benefit of Arsenal Football Club. Extending Granit Xhaka's contract, as I said to you, I haven't watched his interview, but I'm not sure if he's given any clear explanation as what is the thought process behind extending this. I think I watched uh, one of your shows that you, you were talking about the one-year extension. Mm. And you said this could be one of those one-year extension that was, you know. So why is it that they extended his his contract and 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 there was a very very good midfielder in Basuma who at the beginning of the window was giving all the signals that I want to come to Arsenal. We said to him, now nah, you know what we're gonna keep hold of Granite and we're gonna extend his contract because we think he's better than you. Um, so that's that's my thought present, Edu. My my focus right now is not on Edu, mm. it's on Arteta because he is in the attention now. You know, Edu, he's done his job, good or bad, he's done now, finished. Transfer window is closed, right? I agree with you that it's a decent squad, and now it's 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 over to Mikel to try to get the best out of them and get points on board because where we are right now is 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 not good at all, mate. Go on, left. Right, look, the Edu thing for me, right. well, look, partly, yes, as I said earlier, it's hard to judge him until we, we see some of these players over the next season or two um, and how they develop. Has he impressed me so far? He's had a lot to, to uh, deal with. He's inherited a lot of crap. I, I understand that. Um, I do think you mentioned it yourself, mate. You, you did say he's done this, he's done that, and you made some real, real valid points. But it's not a small thing to miss the centre of midfield, right? That mm. is your pivotal area of your team that hasn't been functioning um, up to the standards of the opposition you've been coming across week in, week out at top level in the Premier League. It's been letting you down consistently, right? And then you decide that you're going to continue with that partnership or continue with that um, same person in that midfield, whoever else is in there. If Partey, it's going to be Partey Xhaka. If it's not Partey, it's going to be Lukonga Xhaka. But Xhaka seems to be the mainstay in that centre midfield. And for me, we're not going to win anything. We're not going to progress anywhere with this person in that side. And you've just overlooked it, offered him a, a, a longer contract, and you kept him. And for that, that's where I ask serious questions. The rest, I can't question him, mate. But you, mm. if your foundations are weak, he's talking about foundations. The foundations of our team is the spine. 
Is the spine stronger than the top four or five at the moment? No, it isn't. Have you addressed it? No, you haven't. You found backups for it for now. Don't get me wrong. I have no doubts that Lokonga is going to be a great signing. I think Tavares is going to be an underrated signing. I think he's going to be, he's going to be quality for us. There's some good signings in there. Yes, Arteta is the one at the moment is the main focus for me. I agree with Shaheen on that point, however, because for me, this particular squad isn't as bad as it's looking. That's the one thing I will say. I think it's a better manager, a better, man, a better manager with more experience and know how to cope and man manage because a lot of the problems he's having, Arteta, I feel, is down to man management. Right? He's going to be. He, he hasn't got the experience and, and the depth to be able to deal with a variety of different issues at the same time. So I think that's the Saliba thing is questionable. The Ozil thing questionable. The Guendouzi thing. You can go on with it, but right now. If he doesn't deliver over the next few games, I think you've got to look at it and say, well, the buck stops with him right now. It's the midfield thing is 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 crucial. It's it's not for me. A, it, it doesn't tip me over because I look at what we if if we'd have said that we extended Granite Jacker's contract right at the start of the window, I'd have been like, that's ridiculous. Like it would be ridiculous to extend it right at the start of the window, but. The club were clearly open to selling Granite Jacker this window because they set a price tag on him. But he wanted to it. go, Tom. Right? And yeah, and he wants and he was courting Roma and there was Instagram conversations with Mourinho and he's saying Roma's a nice place and all this. And like it, I think in Roma's in sorry, in Jacker's mind, he was gone. Like that he was gone. And ironically, when you read into the the contract situation, it was extended because Arsenal activated a clause in his current on his previous deal. There was a clause to extend it by a year, which would include another option for an additional year on top of that. It wasn't like they had to negotiate with Granite Xhaka to 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 sort a new contract. There was a clause in the original deal that, that meant they could just extend it. So it that that in itself confuses things. But it, I feel like because Roma were the only team interested in, in Granite Xhaka and they offered such a pitiful amount of money for him, which amassed to not even over £10 million, if Arsenal had accepted that bid, I feel like it would have made an already bad reputation which Arsenal have at selling and getting good fees for players even worse. And it could have affected like us in the, in the long term of selling players in, say, 2022. This summer was so hard to sell players. Like for Arsenal's point of view, it was, it was ridiculously hard because we're, we're, we've got so much deadwood. Like we've got so many players that clubs just don't want. Go on, Lev. I feel like you, you're going to... Wait, wait. Well, well it, it, look, it's a, it's a continuation of that, right? Of what's happened in the past. I, I, I totally agree with you. But imagine how poor our recruitment has been. You can't shift players. Yeah. Imagine mm. that. And, and you, we, we mentioned this in our previous show. Um, from the time Wenger left till now, I think we spent 450 million. And then you looked at the list of players that were, we, we went through that list, if you remember. Some of those players were atrocious. How many of them left for free? How many of them like were, was money spent down a bottomless pit? Um, so it, it's it, it's a, a clear indictment of, of what went on before. And I know that Arteta's inherited it and so has Edu, etc. But then again, even more recently, you've had the Williams of this world and, and other players that just didn't make sense. The Runesons, what was that all about? That doesn't make any sense to me. This is something, this is, there's something for me that my concern is there's something not 100% right within our club. That's my real concern. So I just, it's not making sense the way we run, 
Um, it, mm. People coming and going. We, we never used to have that. People coming and going from all angles, not just players, coaching staff, backroom staff. For me, it's something just not quite right within our club like it used to be. You know, that's just how I feel, mate. No, you know, some of the things that you can also question Edouan, Tom, yeah, is Willian, Cedric, Mari, um, Runison. You know, yeah. th these were all done under his watch. And mm. and, I, and, I, and I don't expect him to get everything right. He will get things wrong. And, and that's part of football and part of anyone's job in life, that you will get things wrong. But the amount of things he's got right and wrong is on a balance. Taking this this window out because you, we can't really judge any of these guys so far. They haven't played anything. Mm. Um, but uh, going on Granit Xhaka with the year with the extension on it. So 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 if I'm understanding, you're saying the thought process is one that we extended and we hope that we get a decent bid for him maybe January or next transfer window. I, I can't explain the extension. Like the what? extension makes no sense to me. Like, well, because I don't get it. And I was just, but it's, you it's hope you're going to get more uh, money uh, or listen, what? I know, listen, I know, uh, listen, I, I think we already have a poor reputation when it comes to transfer dealings, right? I would have liked, I would have, I would have pointed to the Mustafi, Socrates, Ozil transfer and say, well, listen, you cut your losses with these guys and you let them walk away for free. Take the 12 million for Grand Jacko. Forget it. Because he's never, after the incident with fans, right? He, he's, a, he's, he's a bit divisive. And one mistake, everyone's on top of him. He wants to go. Take the money. Let him go, right? Take the hit. Because you, you let those guys go for free. You, you cut their, their contract, right? And then maybe then you can go for someone like Basuma. Another thing that I was just listening to, it came to my mind, is that, for the extension of Grand Jacob, maybe it has something to do with African Cup of Nation, because um, they would have seen maybe El Neni, Partey, they're going to go. You, you know, what's going to happen? I know Lokonga will stay. Um, Basuma, he, he plays for the, for France, right? Yeah. Basuma's... He's French, he's, right? He's Malian. Well, he, he plays for Mali in the African Does Cup Does he play for Mali? Mali, yeah, yeah. He, he's Malian international. He hasn't played for them since 2018, but yeah, he's okay, a well, So if he gets called up to the African Cup of Nations, so that would have been El Neni, Partey, um, Basuma gone. Mm. So maybe they've looked at that and they thought mm, maybe next, maybe January or maybe next season. Maybe, maybe, I'm not sure. Um, so yeah, you see, all three of us are sitting down here and there's so many scenarios and they're all valid to a certain extent that you can look at these transfers. And yet, we don't actually know his thought process on it. And you guys have watched the interview. Are you guys any clearer on what he's doing, what his plans are? Well, look, Tom, you've got to look at it as well, the inconsistencies you've had with these types of decisions as well. Players that were sent out on loan and players that were, were going to be sold and they're suddenly kept. Players that were playing really bad still playing. Players that had done a really good job suddenly pulled out. There's a load of inconsistencies within our club right now. How many of us have sat there and gone, hold on, Cedric was doing all right at right back at one point. Then he got played left back, had a bad game left back, and then was totally forgotten again. Ainsley Maitland-Niles was probably our best right back at one point. Then suddenly gets dropped, never never seen again. That's, that's another right. one, Lev. You know that £20 million they never took? Yeah, then, then there was a £20 million they could have taken, didn't take it, even though he was playing well, and now they decided to keep him. 
like, yeah. what the, is the going on? The, the team selection, though, is always going to fall on Arteta, isn't it? Like, yeah, like, of course. The, the, the Cedric stuff and, like, uh, the Cedric signing, you can point out I do and be like, that was silly. Like, I don't know why we signed Cedric. It made no sense. It was a, a weird scenario to buy someone that couldn't get into the Southampton team as a player that was going to have a, make a difference at Arsenal. Like, I get we may have needed a backup, but you look, we, we signed Nuno Tavares, a 21-year-old that's a very decent backup to Tierney. Why couldn't we have signed someone who was a decent backup of, of the same age? So that we wouldn't be kind of trapped in in a four or five year contract with a player that's going to be thirty two when he finally you know runs out of that deal. The issue I find with the, the the issue is I feel like mainly is that this club is the issue that you're talking about. Lev is always going to fall back on the owners because they're the ones that are, are making the decisions from an, uh, kind of an appointment standpoint. Wow. The, yeah. The the Edu situation is like the the Marie thing's really weird because this, I think that the Marie situation is one that gets thrown around quite easily. But I remember last season when people were discussing whether we should play Marie and Gabriel together because they are our two best centre-backs. And I'm very happy with Marie as a £5 million signing to be the backup to Gabriel. I think that's a fine bit of business, bringing a 25-year-old that's decent that can play backup to Gabriel. Okay. You're not going to yeah, find Tom, much better is, than him to play is backup. Is he a good backup if you want to get top four, if you want a challenge? Well, as I said, I think a lot of us and a lot of fans were saying that he should have been playing alongside Gabriel last season because he was doing remember, good. Like, you remember that game against Leicester? He, did, he was fantastic in yeah, that game. Yeah, and West Ham. You remember? And, and West this Ham. is what I'm saying. Yeah I, like, I, yeah, I saw a couple of good performances, but there were times that he was making mistakes. And what has worried me this season, Tom, right, is that physically, and, and, and he's supposed to be a you know, a presence there, right? Physically, he's struggled against Lukaku and that guy who plays for Brentford up front. I forgot his name. Ivan right? Tony. Yeah. yeah. And, that, and I just see him dropping to the floor on both both games. I don't know if you noticed that or not. For Lukaku's first goal, it's as if he's, he's falling, he's looking for a foul. Exactly mm. the same thing against Brentford game. That's what concerned me. And I don't expect that from a six foot two tall, strong centre-back to, to do that. He's Lukaku not 6'2". He's, 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 he's a very, very good player. He's very physical. I expect <laughs> better than that, man. Better than that. For You know, we're looking to six build yeah. and, and go up. And then you got this guy who is apparently experienced. And then Ben White is coming in to the team. And they're looking up to that. I think that I think at the end of the day he is a backup. Like we signed him for five million quid at the end of the day, and and he came in has been. I I think he's been fine. I think he's I think he's had a bad start to the season, but I think he's been fine for what we bought him for and what he's positioned in the clubs. I mean, if Gabriel hadn't have had that injury, he would have come back at the start of the season and been starting. We probably wouldn't even be having this conversation because Pablo Mari would be backup. But I will it's, remember it's, this conversation, Tom. I know you remember everything. <laughs> Maybe four or five games down the line, we'll revisit this. I don't, I don't know. I mean, look, you want to run through our centre backs? Are you still? Are you guys still happy with Holding and Chambers? Because I think Holding's a, Holding's fine as backup again. Like, oh, he's okay. A fine so, backup. so when did we decide Mate. all of a sudden that Chambers was good enough? We, when did that happen? When did well, when, I that, didn't get the memo? When did that happen? Listen, we played Kalasnac. Arteta played This was a guy that apparently there was rumours that it was, the contract was terminated. Clearly, it wasn't, but mm. it was at that stage, right? Yeah. And 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 let's see who was looking to get him in. By the way, Fenerbahce, right? Mm. And I, I'm Turkish, right? So I'm, I've got nothing against Turkish teams, but I know the levels over there as well, right? Mm. And this is the type of player that you know they're looking to take on, and then we're playing him in our starting eleven. Oh yeah, but again, that that falls on Arteta and, again, not yeah, rather it does. than Edu. But, yeah. but also, Tom, 
I look at this and I'm thinking, is Saliba really worse than these guys? Like, well, again, what have again I think I'm that's not Arteta. seeing that. <laughs> I'm just, I, I, think, I think that's Arteta. Yeah, I, I want Saliba again, for, for Marseille a couple of times, right? And surely he's better than Kolasinac. Surely he's better than Chambers, right? I would say maybe a little bit better than Rob Holding. And I'm just thinking, is it me who don't know nothing about football? And I'm and these guys are better than that. And I'm just thinking he is, but, but or is it more to it than that? Oh, well, look, it. Tom, look, obviously you mentioned the top at the top, right? It's the problem is obviously since KSC. Let's be honest. Yeah. I read your article, by the way, on football football.london. Really good article, mate. It was the interview Thanks, with mate. Ben Jacobs. Yeah. 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 Ben Jacobs, right. And you you made some real good points, you know, in particular the fact that we since we have been taken over fully taken over by KSC in 2007. Um, we are now at a point where we are probably the least attractive we've ever been to purchase by uh, like a, a, a Saudi consortium or a Qatar cons consortium, right? That's basically what I was reading into. You know, there were some serious points made by Ben. He was saying, look, they look at these things in fine, in fine details to decide whether or not to purchase a club and the way we're performing on the pitch right now, it's a results business. We're not delivering, finishing eight for a lot of uncertainties. The owners have purchased, well, bought in people within the club that are experienced from top to bottom, inexperienced from top to bottom. Not just them themselves. They don't really know our game. They're Walmart background. We turn us into the Walmart nuggets. We keep, we keep saying it. Basically, Josh is looking at it like it's his hobby. It's his toy. His dad's giving it to him. They don't know the game. Then the people that they've put into pivotal positions are inexperienced, so they're going to be making uh, mistakes while they're doing this. Yeah. And it just trickles. It just keeps snowballing and snowballing and snowballing. And that's where we're at now. So uh, my point is, mate, it, it's just rotten to the core right now in a, in, a, yeah. in a way that unless there is a change, I don't know if we're going to get change right the way through, like the right type of managers and the right type of profile players. It, the team is a reflection of the management. It's also a, a reflection of the, stat the status of the club. And we're a mess at the moment and sort of directionless. And right now I'm looking at our team and Yes, I get it. I've looked at the first 11, what Edu's saying. We haven't seen everybody gel together, but I still think we're short, even with everybody back. Uh, the, the, the problem with the, the owners is that it's... What frustrates me when we talk about ownership is that I was at the Chelsea... I was I was interviewing fans before, ahead of the Chelsea game for Football London as we went up there because we heard that a supposed protest against the owners was going to happen on the first mm -hmm. home game of the season when every when fans are back and fans can go and fans can protest. And 30 people were there. And like, as you've perfectly said there, Lev, like the, the ownership is the main issue. They're mm. employing the people making mistakes. They're the ones who've seen the club regress since 2007 and their first association. And yet, whilst hundreds of thousands to millions of fans online are happy to say this, that and the other about the ownership, 30 people turned up at the stadium to, to, to the, the, the only way that you're going to make a genuine difference is to publicly, you know, make a stand. And no one's there. And I don't think Arsenal are ever going to win a title or win a Champions League or you never know, maybe not even get back into the top four whilst that ownership is here because of the decision-making at such a high level of a football club. It's so poor. It's so poor. It's So why is there not more of a stand from the fans then? That's what I would ask. Well, good question, Tom. Well, you want to go first, Shaheen? The first protest was really good. 
You know, but that was that was against the Super League more than yeah, that. Yeah, it was. <laughs> there was another one after that, right? That me and yeah. Lev went to that one again, and it was a, exactly as you said. I think what Lev, maybe eighty people. Hundred, yeah, I think Moses are like a couple hundred people. I remember it was yeah. raining and it was a grim day, and nobody, nobody turned up. And then I was thinking that was a chance for us fans to come and put real pressure on these guys to make sure they will get the transfer window right. Okay. Opportunity missed. Fans are back in the stadium again, and and I don't. I, I genuinely don't know. Maybe people are looking at us, thinking, mm, "I don't want to go there," and then maybe it's just us and not a lot of people, and we look silly or something like that. But because I can't work out what it is that online, it seems that it's going to be a protest, and everyone's going to be like, "Right, here we go. It's going to be a good one." And then when you actually turn up, there, nothing is happening, and and that. That looks bad on us as fan base because then the crunkies would have would sit and look at this whole online hoo-ha and then they'll be thinking, oh, it's just an online thing. You know, no one's going to turn up. You know, these guys, they just talk and yeah, whatever. Let, let them just talk. We do our thing. Uh, look, I think the main problem that's always been is the fans are divided. We're divided. We're always divided. There's a, divi- there's a division throughout the fan base. It could be Wenger in, Wenger out, so Arteta in, Arteta out. You, you know, the the social media world is full of accounts that are wanting to prove that their views and their perceptions are right over somebody else's. And it's all about subs and views and all this rubbish. And whilst we're doing that, these guys at the top have remained at the top and got away with it. Now, you know, I'm, I'm not here to judge anyone on anything they do. You know, if you're a fan, you're a fan. Goon the family and all of that. But... At, at one, at some point, if you don't, if you don't actually take a stand, nothing's going to change. So what basically happens is we create a YouTube world. Everyone wants to be behind this and that and the other. And when it really comes to it, nothing actually happens, mate. What mm. what Arsenal do is they appease the fans with a couple of late signings. The the last protest didn't happen because it was just before the Chelsea game, and then they announced that we just got Odegaard and I think who was the other guy Ramsdale. I think they just announced that we were getting those two right. That diffuse that was enough to diffuse the whole thing, and everyone just moved on and got on with it. But there's there's one thing with our fan base, unfortunately, is that we're divided. Yeah, over over silly things, and and we're not unfortunately a united fan base. And and obviously, if we were, do you remember Tom? Do you remember the uh, Blackpool protest? Yeah, yeah, Against I remember the Blackpool protest. Yeah. The, 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 the fa- I know they're a smaller club than us. The, the fan base and is very different. But they were really united. Everybody was on the cause. You know, they were there, and you know, they were they were there for the cause. Arsenal is is. It, I've said this before as well. For some people, Arsenal is like a theater show where they'll go buy a ticket, they'll come, they watch the show, and they leave. If you mm. don't go, somebody else will go. You know, all of these tickets get sold online. Ticket ticket touts in Leicester Square. You know, there's ticket boxes in Leicester Square that they sell Arsenal tickets to tourists and that. There mm. are tours from overseas that they'll come here, hotels, flight, Arsenal tickets included. They come and watch the game. So if people say, no, don't go to the games and that, you don't go, somebody else will go. And that somebody else was there, they're just there to watch the show. It doesn't really matter if they lose. If they, if they win, great. If they lose, oh, you know... They don't get involved in singing. They don't get involved in chanting. And as I said, it's just a show. And, and that's it. Game's finished. They'll walk away. Tom, I want to ask you a question, if that's all right, that's mate. Right, mate. Uh, um, look, 
how many Arsenal channels are there, right? How many? How many are there? There's loads, Hundreds. right? But <laughs> right, obviously, obviously, only a couple have been nominated. Yeah, right for best club content creator. By the way, uh, new new club content creator, whatever it is. So well done on that one, mate. <laughs> Just thought I'd plug that for you. Make sure you yes, vote no, for him. By the way, vote for him. Don't forget to vote for TGT. But how many? When, when there's always been this situation where this club has been dire straits for ages, right? Let's be honest. This isn't a new thing. We've been waiting for ages, right? Some some have got subscribers hundred a hundred thousands. Some have got one point five million. Um, mm. Some individuals have got ninety. You've got twenty nine. I think. We, we got 50. When have you ever seen all the channels come together and go right? Our club's in a mess. Yeah, we have got the vehicle to get this message out to everybody in unison. Let's do it. Right. Let's mm. join forces and do it. Have you ever seen that being done? Never. No. Right. No. Well, there's, there's the answer, mate. There's the answer. If you're going to create like channels and you claim to be fans and you care that much about it, rather than sit there and try to prove that you're the one that's right and your answers are better than everybody else, why are you not saying, oi, you from down there and you, I love your content over here. Let's all get together and spread this message. We need these guys out. That puts pressure on the board. Imagine you've got a channel with 1.5 million subscribers all saying, we want this, we want this board out. Or the other hundreds of thousands. That's how you would do it. But unfortunately, if it doesn't start from there, then why do we expect the outside the grounds? We've got more of a vehicle than those guys. They're all one individual each all going down to the ground. But I, look, this is one of the key issues for me is like when you think about the idea of, you know, you know how some fans want to see like fan representation on the board and stuff like this. Hmm. If you sat, if you sat five random Arsenal fans from the fan base in a room and said, you need to decide who we're going to sign this summer, I genuinely don't think they'd come to a unanimous decision. But there is so much split opinion about so many things in the Arsenal fan base and across the fan channels. Like, I mean, we, us three have sat here and we've had a, a debate about a topic because we don't agree on certain things. Like, yeah. it's... I'm not saying it would be violent or anything like that in the room, but I don't think you would get a unanimous decision. There is just so much split. But what I think that what we can agree on and what I think the majority of the fan base will agree on is that we would pretty much, most of us, I'd say 99% of the fan base would prefer a change in ownership. And, and the problem is, is that because there is already kind of established friction between so much of the Arsenal fan base, basically born out of the whole Wenger in, Wenger out period, that it's just unrecoverable. Arsenal's fan base is, is, is for me anyway, is always going to be split. I'm never going to, I don't think we'll ever see a unified Arsenal fan base, especially online, because there's so much hate and there's so much vitriol between fans that you're just not going to see that. And for people that think that protesting is the right way, you'll find an equal number of people that think that protesting is wrong and that it sends yeah. the wrong message. Mm. So... Uh Tom, can I just add something to that? Uh, an alternative to fan representation on board would be to have one or two of our legends on board. Uh, and what I mean by that is, I would I would have a Tony Adams and Arsenal board in a blink in, in a heartbeat. I would have a I don't know a David O'Leary, you know, somebody who is a, who is Arsenal through and through, who's who's who knows what it means, and and maybe maybe they would have some sort of input to the decisions that has been made because right now and I was speaking to Lev about this a couple of days ago maybe it's me maybe it's I'm not knowledgeable enough but I actually don't know who sits on the Arsenal board and the mm. names that sometimes been mentioned none of them are Arsenal legends none of them are 
they've played for the club. None of them have a relationship with fans. Nothing. Maybe the only one I would say maybe is Edu is because he was an invincible. Even Mikel Arteta, I don't think he's had as a player. You wouldn't say he has that connection with the fans during his playing time that he's looked at as a legend because he's not, in my opinion. That's a good point, Sorry, you know, Gary. Shaheen. That's a good point, Shaheen. Sorry, Tom, as well. That's a very good point. The, the, the successful Arsenal we had historically always had um, legends of old or people that were through and through Arsenal yeah. embedded. David yeah? Dean, over the course of time, over the course of time, all our legends, where are they? Patrick Vieira ended up at City um, in, instead of being with us. One of probably, if not the best midfielder we've ever had play for us, you know. And yeah. then you know, uh, Ian Wright maybe he could be coaching a, a, the strikers, or or you know what I mean. Thierry Henry should be in there. Burkamp should be something to do with the club. That you know, Sol Campbell could be helping the centre backs. There could be so much going on in their previous winners. They were yeah. gone. Where are they? Oh, Edu was one of them, ironically. Like, he was yeah, one of those okay, invincibles. Yeah, but okay, he was, he was, but, he, you know... He was, oh, he was. He, he was a good player. <laughs> Listen, he Edu was a good, good player. Would he, be, would he be first on your list of legends, though? From but, the I, I mean, you area. look at what Thierry Henry did at Monaco, failed. What did uh, Vieira do at Nice? In the end, but, it didn't turn out. If you're a striker and you, you, get, you, you get brought to Thierry Henry and you're a striker looking for your next club, he might not be in a pivotal position, but if he's something to do with your club, you've seen Thierry Henry, your eyes go, don't they? You, and then you want to go and visit the club. Absolutely. You know what, I Tom? I was saying this to Lev as well. I said, I, I would employ Tony Adams. I would give him a wage. I will just tell him, listen, just walk around the training ground. And just speak to the mm. players. Just just be there. Have a word with them. Like you see when Granit Xhaka is telling all the fans to F off, right? Next day in the training ground, have a word with him. Have a word with Aubameyang. Have a word with a couple of players here and there. Have a word, just, son. Just You're be around. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just be around, man. Be around the place. We don't want anybody like that who's around no, who's don't. talking about the place. No, cool. no one. Out of interest, out of interest, who does Liverpool have that's like that? I think... Uh, Kenny Daglish is still involved in the club. Uh, is he still that, was a, that was a reach. That was a reach. No, no, no. I know I, because they didn't interview. I think he's still about. Yeah, no, he yeah, is I'm about. He is about. Um, Fucking old time. We're looking into this, you know. I'm a bit nervous now. He's having you up. He's having you up. No, I'd rather. I wouldn't want to sit and tell you you're wrong. When I don't know if you're right or not. I don't know. I'm just no, asking. No, I, I know he's still. But Chelsea, I mean, you look at Chelsea, like Chelsea, are, who do Chelsea have that are... But they're not there? in our position. They're doing great already, so they don't need... Well, why are that. they not in our position, Shin? So come again? Why are they not in our position? Because they've if you got look a, at their... They've got they, they oil, win, oil they money. Won the Champions League. Yeah, but if you look <laughs> at their, that, if you look they, at their spending over the last, like, five... Yeah, well, they've got an owner. Years, they that, pretty that much doesn't break accept, even. Yeah, the, the owner doesn't accept failure. So uh, you, can fit, you can win the league and you still be off. We They've say got, uh, it takes a reflection name? Of, your, of your board, right? What's that lady's name? Uh, Maria, uh, I, uh, I don't know her surname. Yeah. She, she's a director of football. She's doing a good job. They've got a really good manager, right? So they, they, they've got, you know, Petr Cech is, is a director of football and he, he's been part of Chelsea for a while. You, you, uh, you know, still the got Sir Alex Ferguson <laughs> going to games and he's, he's still around. Um, oh, fuck, what's that guy's name? Um, Bobby, uh, uh, Who, Bobby Manchester Charlton. United, yeah, 
Bobby Charlton's still there, yeah. Yeah, he's still there. You see, they've got that sort of Dennis Law was still there. Around. We don't we Arsene Menga, Tony Adams, these guys they don't even go to the stadium. Again, we're going back to the we're gonna go in a circle because because KSE are not going to put someone on the system. Like did you hear about the whole David O'Leary situation? Like David O'Leary was proposed to, to be part of the boards and, and that yeah, got, I got saw a picture back. of him speaking yeah. to Josh, I think in a Chelsea game, I think. Yeah, I, yeah, I think, I, yeah. I, I, look, at the end of the day, I, I, it's always going to come back to, to what we've we've gone around in circles about, which is the ownership. Like, it's, it's just going to yeah. come back to them every no, time. I agree with you. I agree with you. Mate, but I, I, don't, I, I don't think that a legend is vital to, say, convince players to join. I think, to as you talked about before, Chelsea, and I, I can't remember which one of you that said it, but Chelsea are in a different position to us. Chelsea are chasing... Champions Leagues, they're a top four established team. They're a Premier League title contender. We need to position ourselves so that we're in that conversation in which over the last eight plus years, we have done anything but put ourselves in that conversation. And that's why I just don't think that, I don't think you could put anyone in, say, Edu's situation specifically and just wave their magic wand and all of a sudden in the next year we'd become competitive. Edu's been here two years and I think that the big, again, I'm going to bring this up, the biggest problem for Edu right now is who he's giving his players to. No, no, and, I, I, I agree on, with Tom. you, Tom. Can and I, you know what? Sorry, stuff. Lev. Can I just, oh, can I just say this? Because this was all about you. Go on. I didn't say bring up Tony Adams, uh, for example, in, 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 in place of Edu. Have Tony Adams just be around the place. For example, you know, he would be a figure that Mikel Arteta maybe will have a coffee with him or have a tea in a canteen and say, you know what, Tony, it's not really working for me. I, I, I don't know what to do. And the guy will have, have a chat with him. I don't see anybody in Arsenal set up that Arteta can sit down and, and have a word with or, or they can call Mikel Arteta and have a, just have, have a coffee with together and just have a chat for help the guy. For example, tell him, don't go in a European semi-final place. Yeah. Force nine, don't do that. You know, maybe you should do something else. Sorry, Lev, carry on. I don't even know what I was going to say now. I've forgotten. Oh, cheers, mate. Sorry, man. I'm only joking. Let's, um, let, let's jump into the chat box then and we'll, go we'll on, try on. and get some questions from people because we've got about 15 minutes or so left and I want to get through as many of these as we can because there's quite uh, quite a few. And first of all, thank you, Yanis, uh, for your donation. Really appreciate it. it. says, Edu said something that no one mentioned. He said that this isn't the end of what we are trying to do. More windows are, necess and are a necessity. Been to the protest, but no point fan base have more energy for the manager. And that, I mean, that's a good point. I mean, I think if you look online right now, a lot of the negative thoughts are very much towards Arteta rather than what yeah. I think is the genuine, what I think we'll all agree is the genuine problem, which is, is the ownership. Because, because that's an easier change for, and it's a more likely change for us to see is the coach. That's you can sack a coach quite easily, but to change an ownership is a massively different prospect. Um, let's get some questions though from the chat box. Uh, let's go up to Mint uh, Lev, who says there are no old guard Arsenal men at the top level. Uh, top level standards and traditions have dropped, and that filters down to the team. Would you return to the old model and continue with one uh, one owner? I don't know what he means by that, but I assume we've kind of like. Before, before, well, before KSE, we were obviously a share. It was all shares, yeah. and it was all owned by us. And there was a chairman involved. Yeah, yeah. But Arsene Wenger pretty much ran everything. And prior to that, basically, the manager did everything at Arsenal. So even with George Graham previously was in charge of transfers, in charge of the team. Would you rather it went back to an Arsene Wenger style 
custodianship? I mean, I'm not saying specifically him, but would you rather see one person being in charge of all these different jobs? I, I think I think what Mint sort of doing, uh, sort of mentioning there has a, makes a lot of sense to me in, in certain aspects. In the, in sense of the no more old guard, we should have been. For me, I know your what you were saying earlier, Tom. In, in the sense of uh, you know, it doesn't. It's not fundamental. It's not that important to have them there. It's not the be all and end all to have legends. Some clubs don't, but. The, what, the thing that made us Arsenal, we were called the Arsenal. We did things a little bit differently to everybody else. Mm. That's what we were known as. That was the whole point. It stood us, uh, it set us a, uh, a standard that people didn't set themselves from within. And what we had is we were classy. We kept the, the, the strong historical spine throughout that club throughout the years. It was always the old coaches or managers then became coaches and stayed through. The goalies stayed and they they, they became goalkeeper coaches. These are the things that happen. Now, what, what it does is it shows people, the youngsters coming up, it gives them something to aspire to. These were invincibles. How can you rip the entire invincibles out of the club and not even have them in there? What does that say? If you don't, Stop talking to me about Edu and the individual. <laughs> I don't care. He's not like, come on now. I mean, yes, he's one person, but he's not the name that you would want to see walking through the corridors. You wouldn't go, oh my God, that's Edu, would you? Let's be honest, right? All I'm trying to say is that's what people should aspire to. So I think what Min is 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 basically saying is, would well, I look at that? I would like that type of model. Mm. Obviously, new things, things change as time develops. So I wouldn't rule out anything else to go with it but at least keep the fundamentals of what made you you know what you are uh tom sabol thank you for the donation uh shahin i'll ask you this uh says i know tom doesn't think he will go this year uh but shahin what is the breaking point if there is one and what will get arteta sacked well for me my i i, I think he should have gone end of last season and this is the point that I've always raised on the shows that we've done together, is that I don't know where this line is, that if it's crossed, the manager will go. For mm. me, it was finishing eighth and no European football. He should have gone then. Yeah. If he doesn't beat Norwich, and if he doesn't beat Norwich well... He'll still be and, here. <laughs> and, and, then, and then Burnley, right? Then he, yeah. he's going to be... Listen, fans going to be back in the stadium. It's going to be untenable for him. For me, for me, for me, I'll, I would say that if he if he loses two out of the next three games, because you've got Burnley, uh, sorry, yeah. Norwich, Burnley, Tottenham. Yeah. He needs to get nine points, and he needs to get nine good points, not just you know a, a dodgy night him and a one nil win. No, he needs to go and perform. You know, get the team to put a good put a good performance and win well. Do you think he will? <laughs> no. Left. Do I think they will sack him as well? After no. all, after all that, no. no. Um, <laughs> what, what, what I think. Uh, listen, I don't, don't even think. I don't even think nine things. good points matters, Shaheen. I think nine points would be enough to keep him in the job, whether he scraped them, wherever, however it happened, Shaheen. I think nine points would be enough to keep him. Fun. I mean, the crazy thing is, he's he's sort of uh, the, the 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 thing that could break him is the Spurs game. It could. Do you imagine mm. we lost Bradley in that one? The fans would go crazy. Are we at home for that game? Uh, I think sure. yeah, I, I think, think we, we are. are. I think we are. Yeah, yeah, we're at home. Uh, and 
Look, yeah, we are, we are. Yeah, we are. And, yeah. End of the day, I don't want anyone to get sacked. I'd rather he turns it around and he surprises me. I really oh, would. Yeah, like I, I'm, a, yeah. I'm a gooner. I want my team to do well. I really don't care if he, if he shoves my words down my throat and he, and he brings this eleven, this new eleven in that Edu's talking about, and they start smashing it and playing some ridiculous football. I'm not going to sit there and say get him out. I, I don't want the guy out personally because I don't like him. But for me, I just can't, I just can't see it, Tom, right now. I'm, Arsenal Heen, I was the most like deluded, overconfident Arsenal fan you can find. And this this is my line. This is my breaking point. So I don't know, man. I really don't know. I, I agree with Shaheen that, that my breaking point was after Villarreal. Like that was like to finish a season in eighth for the second season in a row and without European football for the first time in 20 plus years. Like what other club would keep the coach? I don't know what other club would in that same scenario. I was... Ours, yes, is the correct answer. <laughs> uh, Lev, John says, our buying always seems predicated on the crisis rather than forethought. So this is very high vocabulary. From oh, thanks for this one. Yeah, I'll leave this after a hangover. <laughs> now, we seem to be, now we seem to be compensating and correcting this year. We are constantly catching up because of the years of neglect. What are your thoughts? Very... Very articulately put there, John. Mm. Uh, you know, uh, these are the sort <laughs> of guests that I encourage to to ask me questions. Um, no, but on a serious note, no, I agree with him. We're constantly playing catch up. Constant. We're playing catch up with, with all the bad businesses we've done. We're playing catch up with so many different aspects, like the bad decisions we've made up top with the with, with, with the people that we've put into the positions that weren't good enough. I mean, let me ask you a question, Tom. Of all the people we've asked this before on our previous show. You keep saying Edu this and Edu that, and you know we should give him time. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, right, we should give him time. Which are, fine, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I'll ask anyone in this chat group, and you guys included, if you were at, at the top, if you was working for or you was KSC or KFC as we call them, and you were sitting there, and he coming with his CV and knowing the size mm. of the club and how important this job was, and I how we'd already him. fallen back, you wouldn't have employed him. So that's that's the answer. No. So. 100% John right we're constantly catching up because of years of neglect 100% what can i say no i mean no one's ever oh. asked me that question so like that that is it's a solid point it, at the time yeah with the benefit of hindsight and i said this about arteta now like with the benefit of hindsight i wouldn't have employed arteta i think at the time my mindset was like we're in, when we lost Emery, when we lost Emery, when we got rid of Emery, like I never thought it could get lower than that from an Arsenal perspective. I thought I, we're at rock bottom right now. Little you know, did you know. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, we could probably take a bit of a risky, you know, like try something a bit different. Try someone that might bring something new and exciting and have those kind of, you know, the non-negotiables as they were described at the time. And like how wrong I was, like so badly wrong. And, the, and that's fine. That's human. Like you get stuff wrong, but it's just, yeah. Wait, now, just when you think a CV can't get any worse, they bring a worse CV in. <laughs> like, oh, who's who should we give this technical director role to? I could give it to Edu. What do you, what, what's he done? Um, I think Corinthians, he, they went down, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what? Yeah, give it to him. He's good. That's a, yeah. Arteta, hey, I won't have we, you knocking Edu anymore. <laughs> yeah, we need, we need a manager. We need a manager. Who should we give it to? Someone who's really perfect. Someone who's never done the job before. Yes, give it to him. Like, that's I, what's going on. I, with that as, I will still maintain. I think Edu's done some good. Some, I think Edu's been the the <laughs> done a better job than anyone else in the last ten years. But that probably says more about. That's not difficult, Edu, is it? Yes, exactly. <laughs> but it's still better. So there, there you go. Uh, let's scroll. Uh, go for a couple more, uh, and let's go to Avi. Says, uh, why do we keep punishing 
the new regime for the old regime's mistakes. Hmm. What do you think, Shid? Uh, where does well, this regime owner, stop? <laughs> the owners have been here for a very, very long time. You know, and and ultimately the box stops with them. They've been here for when when they took over Arsenal. I remember we were playing Madrid away and we were beating them. Right, right now we're no European football, so you can see the decline that has that has happened under the custodialship, as they call it. Right, mm. so we're not punishing anybody for anybody's mistake. These these are mistakes that are reoccurring you know players walking away for free it is happening on the different uh director of football or managers but same owner so if i was if i was stan Kroenke, i would have looked at this after aaron ramsey's situation and i would have thought you know what that is never going to happen in my football club again i don't care if i have to sell a player for five or six million i'll sell them for five or six million they're not going to walk away for free um but it's happening again and again and again. And now Lacazette is another one. And Ketia is another one that they're going to walk away for free. Hold on. Wasn't there so, something about Leno today as well? Isn't there something about Leno today? I've heard that Leno could be leaving. At I the mean, end of... Well, the transfer you, window you're, is done. If you're, a, if you're a goalkeeper and you see the club spend £24 million on your backup like you're thinking my days are numbered mate, mate like, that ain't no backup is it don't worry mate it's just a backup it's 29 on a center back who's really important but you've gone and got a backup goalie for 24 million i'd be a bit worried leno yeah definitely. No, right. listen everyone everybody everybody knows i think you can tell by this that maybe next in the summer leno will be off they, they must they have known already that's yeah. why they has gone there. next summer. And the yeah. thing is, then we'll have to do it again. Runnison will be back from low. Maybe he'll be really good when it comes back from Belgium. Oh, so. <laughs> <laughs> but no, again, we'll have to focus on that. Next summer for me, like if you look at what's been said by Edu, he talks about the strategy, he talks about how he wants to blend young players with, with experienced world-class talent. Well, I'll look at the team and I'm looking for world-class talent. I mean, there are two arguable, and they are arguable examples. Abamyang is the first, but based on current form, he's nowhere near world class. But you would say, as a player on paper, as has the capacity striker. to be yeah, world yeah. class, absolutely. Yeah. And the other is Thomas Partey. I think Thomas Partey has the capacity to be a world class centre midfielder. But beyond that, there is no one, no one like Bakaya yeah. Saka and Mill Smith Rowe are amazing prospects that I believe could become world class as they mature. But surely, because he wants to blend these experienced world-class players with the youth that we've now got, because we bought six more of them in this summer, surely that points towards 2022, there being no excuses for us not to go and get a world-class you know, player or two. Oh, yeah, there something, will be. You know, I'm so There is something here that is a little bit worrying as well that nobody has, has discussed. None of the tabloids. Nobody. Exclusive here. If That's Arsenal finish another low position, no European football, right? What will they do if somebody comes in, let's say a city or someone like that, with 100, 110 million for Saka? You know what they do. They'd accept so, that. Yeah. So Saka. And then they tell us they're using that money to Martin build a better Nelly. team. And then they'll you know, these are, these are the guys that are, we have to also look at this and think, mm. if we continue to not have any European football you know, the manager is a bit up and down and, and the club is a bit of a mess. These guys will look at this and they'll be thinking, well, you know what? I'll have to leave for benefit of my own career. And then a club comes in with a serious amount of money, Arsenal will cash in. And, and then that so, will be a problem because it will be hard to replace them. 
Right, that's a that's a really good point, Shaheen. Unless we unless we show these youngsters that we're we're going to be challenging, you know what agents are like. And by the way, Padatori Panda uh, Pandy wants you to know that Kieran Kieran, Ta- uh, Kieran Tierney is world class as well, mate. Yeah, just to let he's you know, he's not world class yet. I mean, that, that, well, he just keeps saying he's world class, mate. Yeah. It, he's amazing, and I love him. <laughs> but like, he's not. I wouldn't put him in the bracket of world class left backs. No, like. A bit soon. A bit soon. A bit soon. It is a bit soon. Mm. I, mean, I think he's he's definitely a player that when he reaches his prime, if he continues on the trajectory, yeah, I think he needs to improve certain aspects of his game, like the consistency of his deliveries and his defending. Like they need to improve for him to be world class, but he's definitely got the ability to do it. We could so, give him a better defense as well. That would help. And if you give him a yeah, a decent <laughs> left centre back next to him and a left winger, you know, yeah, not a just striker. a better team in general, <laughs> they will be all right. If you put him in Man City, he can be world class. Is what we're saying basically. Oh, so uh, yeah, oh, but yeah, it's look. We've discussed a lot today and I think that we've covered a lot of topics and I think we've debated really well a number of points that I think that I don't think necessarily we've all changed our views and standpoints on certain things, but I think we've definitely highlighted uh, how much kind of there is to, to change at the club. And this the video was called Turning Arsenal Around. And I think, if anything, we've come to the conclusion that there is a lot that needs to happen for <laughs> Arsenal to turn things around. But before you go, guys, I want to get a prediction from you for Norwich, as we always do for these podcasts. So I need a first scorer and a scoreline. Shaheen, you're going to get a short straw and go first. So yeah, <laughs> um, he, he, do you know they call we're, him the we're playing away, away, right? We're playing. Uh, oh, it's home, it's home. I think we're at home. Yeah, no, we're, we, at home. we're at um, home. I'll say two nil Arsenal. Oh, Shaheen with the, the positivity. I'm loving this. Lev, go on. Well, uh, I just don't know what to say. Shaheen's just totally shot me there. <laughs> um, no, no, I, I was actually going to say two nil myself. I do fancy us at home to Norwich. Edu's promised us a new 11, a new team, new foundation. We're talking, it's all new. So, like, don't worry, guys. The season starts from Norwich and it's going to be 2 0. Yeah. There you go. Ben White's going to be like a new sign. Oh, wait, he is. He is a new <laughs> signing. Well, what's your prediction, Tom? Uh, 5 0, mate. 5 0 Arsenal. Uh, we're going to absolutely smash it. We're going to play a three at the back and we're going to overload them in the wide areas and destroy them. Oh, <laughs> Max Herons is going to formations in. He's throwing I, I, the tactics in look, there as well. Was that was that a serious prediction, Tom? Look, Shaheen, I, I am a, I'm an optimistic person, is, is what I am. So you can take my prediction with a pinch of salt, but I'm standing by it. And, uh, I mean, we have a predictions league amongst the regulars on the channel, and I'm, I'm going to put 5-0 down. I mean, I, need, I didn't get a first scorer from you guys. Oh, only, two- only the regulars um, get that, was- Shaheen. So. <laughs> <laughs> was it a 2-0 with, with Cantwell to score first? Was that what it was? No, uh, I would say um, Aubameyang. I knew he was going to say that. That's just a go-to. Because so, I, like, I'm just because I have to think what Mikel Arteta would do, and in in a formation he's going to play, who's going to be likely to score, and I think he's going to play Aubameyang up front, and he'll be the most likely one to score. Okay, I'll go Saka first goal, then I'll go something different. I'm going to say that Callum Chambers is going to score just to annoy Lev. <laughs> well, no, the fact that you just hinted that he's playing has annoyed me already. Hey, look, he, well might, like, he might play no, because we on, don't man. know if Tommy Asu is going to be oh, going to be available God. and ready for the game. He Even if he's not ready, he still would be better. Just put him on. Yeah, put I mean, on. I would play. Absolutely. I would absolutely play. So there right. you go. What's the point of spending all that money and then... He needs to come yeah, in why and... we would never do that, spend money on a defender and not play him, would we? Nope, nope, not a chance. Never happened before. Um, no, thanks anyway. 
to my guests this evening. Uh, chat box, if you could show some love for Lev and Shaheen from the Arsenal Lounge. And make sure you check Thank out you. that channel. Link to the channel is in the description. So if you aren't subscribed, go do it. It's as simple as that. Thank Just you. one button. Thank press. you for That's having us, Tom. No, pleasure. Thank you to the TGT lot as well. It'd be nice to us. Thank you. Yes, they didn't have to invade your chat box. So they just stay in their natural habitat tonight. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're a lot more placid in their natural habitat, aren't they? They are, yes. It's not hashtag TGT gang every two seconds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, I understand there's TGT T-shirts coming out soon as well, Tom, yeah? Oh, uh, I mean, no. no. <laughs> I can't think of anything worse. <laughs> oh, but I, I imagine I, I just can't imagine the, the feeling of going to a game and seeing someone instead of wearing an Arsenal shirt, wearing a TGT. You know what? Shirt. The next game you go to, mate, I'm bringing a TGT sheet. I'm going to pretend oh, I've got it God. on there. I'm going to come and oh, I'm going to come and no. give you a little cuddle, take a picture. Yeah, don't worry, mate. I'm there for you. I could, I could maybe stomach like a hat, like because that's not like an official bit of merch, but a shirt. Like shirts are like, you know. It's, Put it out to your fans. What merch do you want? TGT oh, crew, let him know. Answers in your comments. Thank you. Yeah, after in the video afterwards, put it in the comments. What, yeah. You want t-shirt or you want caps? Boxers, TGT boxers. <laughs> you go the whole it way. Would be mugs <laughs> if they bought them. Pill <laughs> pillows with Tom's face on it, pillowcases. You can have that as well, lying next to you. Oh, you don't want nightmares. You can imagine waking <laughs> up and seeing my face. <laughs> that would be terrifying. Uh, oh, I'm not even going to take that anywhere else. Take I could do it. Pillow, anyway. <laughs> right. Um, thanks, guys, uh, for coming on. As I said, please do make sure you go yes, and, thanks and for check having them us, out. They've been absolutely fantastic. It won't be the Thank last you, time man. you see them whatsoever. Um, and I'm sure you can check me out on their channel as well because it's been, as I say, it's been uh, it's been nice being able to vent elsewhere. <laughs> That's for oh, sure. You can so, emotional. Yeah. You can find them at the Arsenal Lounge on Twitter. And of course, you can find their link to the YouTube channel in the description. We will see you tomorrow morning as the continuation of the 8am shows goes on with the Arsenal News Show. So thank you ever so much if you are making them still part of your morning routine. Um, but other than that, it's been a pleasure to speak to you as always. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.